Cyril. What a beauty! Hey community and welcome to the Drop Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am your host, Black Dog. It is the final uh, version of this podcast for the year because round 23 is here. I'm joined by two beautiful people live on Twitch or in your earbuds at home. Damo, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Uh, the COVID got me, but I'm over it now and hopefully it doesn't come back ever again because that was awful. Yeah, we couldn't let you get out of Melbourne without a little bit of COVID. It came over on the plane. It must have been in my hand luggage. And then when I got home, it jumped out and attacked me. And I couldn't get And It was just awful. Funnily enough, that's how Patch got into your hotel room as well. Clarky, a pleasure to see you again. How are you, my friend? Lovely to, lovely to be here uh, in place of Patch. I will be tipping draws this week. Uh, <laughs> but I'm also I'm also recovering from the vid. Uh, so that's the best best two out of three uh, for the vid. Um, but hey, look, we did it. We did it. We're almost through another year of Supercoach. Thank God for that. I'm trying to... I want the energy to be high today, boys. But, <laughs> geez, it's tough. It's tough <laughs> at this point of the season when... Especially, like, my goal, right, was to finish in the top sort of 5,000, and I've been on track to do that since the buyers in the last two weeks. I've dropped about 5,000 places, so I don't give a shit anymore. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, this is something that does give a shit. That's our sponsor for today, and that's Manscaped. Uh, lads, Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner. That's convenient because that's where we are. And our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Is that correct? Father's Day is not in June. And June's past. Yeah, it's Father's Day is in September. And yeah, Yeah. Father's Day is September. It is fast approaching. So Father's Day is in September. (laughs) You have to remember, Uh, Manscaped is an American company. But they reference Father's Day in Australia. Don't they have a different Father's Day in North America? They do, but it says Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner. Anyway. Thanks, Manscaped. They're here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this September. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is a perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, including us, with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, that's J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad, Bod, will thank you. My dad, Bod, thanks me as well. We've talked about this a thousand times. 
The Performance 4.0 for package comes with a whole bunch of stuff, including the fantastic lawnmower for 4.0, which has the waterproofing and the lights and the uh, cutting-edge ceramic blade, and it's just a fantastic package. It comes bundled in a nice little kit bag. There's everything you could ever imagine. It comes with the new Boxers 2.0, which I know you love, Damo. Yeah, the boxer, the boxer underwear is so bloody comfortable and use it, use the code to get those underwear even if you don't get a whole box or a whole package. Yeah, so that's get 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code J-O-C-K. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you is the tagline for this ad read gentlemen super coach the final round is here there was some laid outs last week there was some injuries people don't really have trades i think we're just going to shoot the shit today but as always we're going to start with good super coach thing of the week i guess i'll go first do i have many good super coach things from this week uh, I'm, I will say this. I'm, I'm very content that my prediction that Jordan Dawson would be one of the highest scoring players this week was true. He scored 145 points within my captaincy selection algorithm. He was the number one candidate in my team. I did not put the captaincy on him, but <laughs> he did score 145 points. So shout out to him. Clarky, what's your good super, super coach thing of the week? My, you know, my, uh, my good super coach thing of the week, I think, has to probably be the fact that Angus Brayshaw has all but locked himself into my team for 2023, um, with the mid rotations that he's been getting and the scores he's been pumping out. Uh, my season is basically dead in the water because of bad decisions made by a certain, uh, coach of a certain super coach team who shall not be named. But Angus Brayshaw looking, looking real tasty. Switching between halfback and CBAs, um, but just I, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a reason not to start him if he's going to be playing that role, which I'm assuming must be part of his contract, because it only really picked up once he signed, like put pen to paper. So think about it. Sign here like for it. more midfield time. Good wanting to play. Demo, what's your good super coach thing of the week? Finding a good super coach thing of the week is difficult because most of my players on the weekend scored between 80 and 110. So, you know, that was, I mean, it could have been worse, but it could have been a whole lot better. Um, my good super coach thing is Callum Mills on, on 128. That Some, is a just something simple. That would, yeah, very that's good. A good thing. Time for super coach bad things. Uh, I said this one last week. Mason Redmond, you can piss off. You can absolutely piss off. I fucking Essen and I hate everything about him. I hate everything about him. And I hope they, I hope they keep rutting. And I hope that goes to shit. I hope they get out of here. I hope they get out of the league. And Patch, if you're listening, most of this anger is directed at you. So. Uh, moving on, Damo, what's your Supercoach bad thing of the week? Lockie Neal. Mm. I knew I shouldn't have vice-captained someone in that first game. I knew St. Kilda were going to put the clamps on every Brisbane player, and yet I still put the vice-captaincy on Lockie Neal because 
I thought it's Lockie Neal. He it doesn't matter. He, he he'll score well anyway, but he didn't. And then Rory Laird comes out and scores about thirty points in three quarters, because apparently he's not a safe captaincy option anymore. For some reason, never VC the first game. We always fall into the trap. I would posit to say no one has ever scored a VC-worthy score in the first game of a round. It's not possible. And uh, just before we throw to you, Clarky, to everyone leaving messages and questions in the chat, we will be getting to them. God bless you all. Clarky, bad super coach thing of the week. Hang on, I think I think I worked uh, worked in a good patch will be okay with this. I think what you're saying about Essendon Lek is that they should rutten Hell. Do we get it? Excellent. Very good. Uh, bad super coach. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was my captain and vice captain. It's basically all I've got left for the end of this. And I, I cooked it on both accounts with Lockie Neal and Rory Laird, despite, as you pointed out, the best advice given to myself from wonderful friends, wonderful people on Twitter, we all know it's just a bad move, and I did it anyway, and here we are. I had a captain score of 97. Mm. Well, thank God we can move on from this segment. Uh, quick quick recap of injuries and whatnot. Not a heap of relevancy coming into probably the most relevant. I'm going A to Z in terms of team. Uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, nothing relevant for Supercoach. Cripps owners may be slightly wary, same as Walsh owners. Chera and Zach Williams look likely to come back in. There's a whole range of people they might impact, including a Doherty. Kind of don't really know how they'll impact them, don't have enough data on how those two players will impact our scores, but just one to watch. I'd probably be avoiding any Cs or VCs from Carlton this week. Jordan DeGoey was a laid out last week. If you own him, as we did for Pod, he's a chance to play this week, but seems unlikely Essendon just generally go go to hell uh any news from Fremantle that's relevant to Supercoach demo not relevant to Supercoach oh <laughs> if you're actually if Rory Lobb misses and Griffin Logue misses because they were both training with the rehab group today Lloyd Meek could come in and ruin Sean Darcy oh that'll be fun uh, if you're a Jeremy Cameron owner as a pod forward option, he's out for two to three weeks, so he'll miss no. this final week. You don't have him, do you? I but do you- have him. I do. I do have him, and that hurts. That hurts. Uh, my season finishing pretty much how it went the whole year. Consistency. In a statement that applies to their entire existence, Gold Coast have no relevance in this discussion. Tim Taranto should return this week for the Giants. So if you're sitting him on the bench because you didn't have any trades, that's a good little option for you. Hawthorne, nothing worth talking about. Neither with Melbourne. North Melbourne, bunch of players are not going to play in the final round of the season because they really want pick one. Todd Goldstein is in doubt, and I know he's in my side. So I, if he's, there's any doubt, he will not be playing um, because why would you bother... No relevance from Port Adelaide. No relevance from Richmond. St. Kilda, if you have any St. Kilda players, you did it to yourself. Sydney, nothing. West Coast, nothing we care about. And the Bulldogs, they're not going to make any changes to the lineup of any consequence. So that's the injury news. Tell us how you really feel, like, dog, about some of these oh, just, just, just let I've it all had out. enough. It's been a long year. 
This is good. It's like the swan song. It, it, this is our grand final parade. <laughs> this is our Mad Monday, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to go through some of the questions here. Uh, shout out to everyone who's watching at home. Some of our favorites. Being a Benno, everyone we love in the chat. Uh Binger just says, uh, thanks for all the podcasts. So thank you for listening. Guys, are you have you survived in any grand finals? That's one of the questions in chats. Uh, I think I'm check. in one. I think I'm in one. But I don't know how I got there, and I don't plan on winning it because I think I've got a donut this week unless Jai Cully wants to ri- rise from the dead. Mm. Well, I scored my lowest score since the bye round, so... I am knocked out of all of my grand finals that I would have been competing in, which is always a little bit of fun. Yeah, I'm in I'm in the same boat where last week was probably the worst week I've had for a while and got ceremoniously dumped by all of all of my matches. All right, looking at the questions, where do we start? Uh Causa B7 who's watching from home, asks, who do you think will be a smoky pick for 2023? Who will be one of your boys that you will pick next year? Smoky pick boys. I'm going to have to have a think over that. Um, suggestion that Ashcroft in the chat, I think he's going to be one of the most picked players in the whole goddamn game. True. Do you yeah. ever got anyone you guys are looking at at this stage to lock into your teams? I think... Dylan Moore's going to be hard to ignore if he uh, if he continues his midfield time at Hawthorne. He's going to be one that people look at for their forward lines and one that I've been um, talking about with uh, Tim Tim Mitchell and, and, and Azar is Nat Fife is going to be a forward option priced at about a 68 average. So he's going to be someone that people can jump on as long as he has a full preseason and you only really need him to average 90 to 95 to be worth it. And then you can decide later on if he's a stepping stone or if he graduates to your bench to become cover. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think that's a reasonable pick. He could be the guinea glog for this year. Um, a couple of guys I'm looking at, uh, pending role acquisition and all that sort of stuff. I actually don't mind Brandon Ellis because he's going to be priced at an average of 91 if he maintains that defense mid-swing, he's going to be a decent little uh, scorer because I think he's vastly outperforming that 91 average at the moment. Um, and then a couple of the North Melbourne guys, not really sure how that's all going to shake out, but everyone's talking about LDU. Jai Simpkin is a bit of a forgotten man as well, and I think he has uh, some some potential to to score, to put out some big scores and, and develop nicely. Lector going to be indulging in some UDL. Yes, 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 very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I didn't get anything for... I got sandbagged for Rutten, and we're given UDL. Um, LDU was um, probably one of mine who just... He's been sort of one of those players who has the skill, has the talent, hasn't had the role. Um, so I think, you know, it's short of Taron Thomas coming in and don't arguing his own teammates uh, like he did in the VFL. Um yeah, that'll be one to watch. I think I mentioned I mentioned Angus Brayshaw before, uh, with the mid rotations. You know, maybe not as smoky as such, but at his price point, you know, if he 
depending on if he goes up or down, he could be a nice little nice little selection. If not, um, Noah Anderson is probably someone who's on my radar. Oh, yeah. Just just playing some real good footy and real good boy vibes. I quite like the guys. I always get sucked into a guy's heading into their like third or fourth year. Errol Goulden oh, is yeah. one that I'll be watching uh, closely next year. You know, had that awesome... Awesome first season. I know his average probably isn't reflective of, of how good he was that year, 76.4. This year he's averaged 86.3. Uh, he might be a little overpriced, but if he has forward eligibility, he's a guy who I think can uh, can can outperform that price point pretty, pretty easily. Another guy heading into his third or fourth year is Caleb Sarong. He's had a good back end to the season post-buy. He's someone that people might look at as a cheaper option, um, and he's probably going to get, have more responsibility with David Mundy no longer at the club as well. Yeah, I, I think I think there's plenty of guys um, we can talk about here. Max Holmes is another one that I like from Geelong. I hope his role expands. But what I really look for when I'm coming up with a, my boy for the year is is I like seeing assessing it after the player movement periods. I want to know where the where the voids of significance are. So where are there gaps that someone can step into? Or where has someone been acquired to play a role a la a George Hewitt last year? He was brought in to play that midfield role. He did it, and he did it really well. So for me, uh, I'm going to reserve most of my judgment until then. But we've given a few names that we like. Causa B's got a follow-up question, which is, one player you regret trading in this year? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where Uh, where do I start? Mason Redmond. Isaac Heaney. Yeah. I, I, really? Jade Gresham. Early, It was early on in the year. Yeah. I traded in Jade Gresham when he was, when he was averaging 96. Mm. He, yes. I, I, I think he scored above 90 maybe once while while I had him. And then he got injured. Toby Nankervis. What about, uh, do you guys have a, a best trade-in option? Mine was definitely Connor Rosie. I mean, ignoring all the guys that you know you bring in who are averaging 110 already, I think Connor Rosie was my best trade in. I think the best trade that I ever did uh, was after round two. I did a corrective trade that was uh, Chapman and Steele, and I got Hewitt and I think it was Hewitt and. I can't remember who the second trade was, but I brought in Hewitt, who was good until he got injured. And then uh, it might have been James Sicily. Yeah, nice. Uh, another one we can... Harry Himmelberg. Yeah, true. Um, That's a good trade. I've been... Got on him at... Just one of the ones that I got right, where I feel like I got on him at the right time. He still had, like, the varying role, but still putting put up 100 last week and still definitely in the mix to... Just keep posting that scores for one more week. Yeah. No, nice one. Nice one. Uh, Bing is asking, who's our must starter from each line next year? So let me have a quick pull up my team. Uh, must start for me next year. doesn't matter. I mean, throw a blanket over these guys. But in the midfield, Neil and Laird, it's going to be hard to say no to any of them. The Ruck is an interesting question. For me, for must start because I'm, I'm not sure there is a must start. Must in the ruck. it all depends on player movement. 
I think Tim English is probably one that will be a popular starter regardless of what happens at the Bulldogs. But then from there, if Brody Grundy ends up at at, at Melbourne, then it's got to pretty much rule out Max Gorn and Brody Grundy okay. as starting options. If uh, and Brody Grundy would only arrive at Melbourne if Mel if Melbourne lose Luke Jackson, and that probably rules out both Jackson and Darcy at Fremantle. Nick Natanui can't put together a full season. Uh, Rowan Marshall, who knows what's happening with Paddy Ryder? He seems to want to play on. Uh, Hawthorne, who knows what happens at Hawthorne? Ned Reeves probably isn't number one ruck. Uh, isn't a number one ruck. Uh, and who knows what's happening with Max Lynch. You've got Jared Witts at the Suns, but he's getting old and he's only just holding it together in this end of the season. Toby Nankervis, again, he's someone who can come out with some massive scores, but he can also drop some awful scores at the same time. And who knows what the the Richmond midfield mix will look like next year. So at Riley O'Brien, again, he's someone who seems to be around the mark as a safe but not sexy option who averages around 105. Um, Brisbane, Oscar, Oscar McInerney, who knows what happens with him? Who knows what's happening at Carlton with Tom DeConing or Mark Pitney or Alex Murkov or Dom Akui? I, <laughs> I suspect there will be another Ruckman at Carlton next year. And I suspect his name starts with G and ends with Oldstein. Um, um no, actually, actually, Damo, are you going to leave any rucks for us to actually pick? Actually, Brody Grundy <laughs> leaving Collingwood, I would pick Darcy Cameron. I think that's a reasonable selection. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could say on that. I, I'd probably be reasonably happy to start Wits if he's not overly expensive, um, regardless of you know not blow blown out of the park scores, but he's been reasonably consistent. I think for the year. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, like you said, you can't look at Gorn depending on what happens with Melbourne, but Darcy Cameron, probably if Brody Grundy's still not there, actually makes the most sense. In the uh, forward line, there's a guy by the name of David Cunningham from Carlton who has... <laughs> Jeez, it's been a long ACL. He's missed about 18 months, and um, we thought he was dead for a, a good chunk of that because we hadn't heard a single injury update from him. But he is a guy who uh, should be a best 22 caliber player pending his health, which, by the way, he's never had uh, consistent <laughs> health. But if he's into that team, uh, he'll be a rookie price player that will be worth considering. Uh, he's about as close, as I would say, to a lock because I don't really know who's going to maintain their forward status. And in defense, it's going to be simple for me. It's always... It, well, pending price. Dawson, yeah. Sicily, even Nick Dacos is probably something. Is probably someone that people will strongly consider. Uh, does Jack Sinclair keep his relevancy with Nick Caulfield and Hunter Clark and all those? Because he didn't have this role before this season. He sort of fell into the role and was and it has become quite good at it. And now with St Kilda going through all these changes, now they're going under another review. Does he hold on to his position, or does he move further up the ground? Does does he get the Aaron Hall treatment where he gets that role because he's been so good at it? It's he he's yeah. probably, he's probably he's probably the one that people will start with as a and call him a non-negotiable, but possibly doesn't start with the best 
the best scoring to, to begin with at least? Well, he's either going to be Rory Laird or he's going to be Jaden Short. And God, I don't want him to be Jaden Short. All those players are going to be too expensive for me, Demo. I will not pick anyone over 550k in defense. So I'm going to be so, stuck looking for some value elsewhere. So some Smokies that you could possibly consider. Uh, maybe keep an eye out for Luke Ryan. He's going to be in that price range or you can have a look at um liam duggan he he might have that Jack range Chris as well. will be cheap again and he'll tempt a few there'll be there'll be some options but none of them are, are locks for me i don't know i'll probably get sucked into jordan ridley again and uh regret it 530 at the moment 537 who's that tom stewart yeah oh, nice but he's not going to start at that price yeah yeah no he'll because he's averaging 110 so his price will be a little out of my price range. Uh, let's jump back into the chat. Talk amongst yourself, gentlemen. Jump back into the chat. Uh, used Fleshlight Salesman wants to know if Hearn or Barris is good for the vice captaincy this week. Um, my gut says no. <laughs> that last... Like, like, I, well, Hearn, Hearn, Hearn is... Reasonable. Hearn's playing really well uh, since I laughed at him when my right. girlfriend Cassie suggested him on the pod. Yeah, but Here's... they're playing Geelong at GMHBA. So it should be back there a lot. <laughs> Doesn't mean he's going to uh, touch it. He'll be going through the like, goals too many times. Like you, you say don't vice-captain anyone from the first game of the round. So that means Friday night, Brisbane v. Melbourne. Don't put the vice-captaincy do on Oliver, Petrarca. Don't do it. Neil, Gorn. No. Nah. Don't Larry. do it. Rich. Trust me. Trust me when I say don't do it because Viney and Brayshaw are going to score 115 each. It's going to be too spread out. There's not going to be any captaincy worthy scores. Don't do it. Uh, Benno has asked, getting in early for questions, 564K max replacements for Brayshaw because he doesn't want the orange team to tag him. He's got one trade. It's a luxury trade. Is the orange team going to tag? Well... He ran circles around Lockie Ash when they when he tried to tag him earlier in the year, but Harry Perriman is in that team now and who appears to be a better tagger. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Decent option. To be honest, I, I I probably would trade Andrew Brayshaw if you could. And who are, who are the options? Hey, You've got like a Darcy Parrish if you think Essendon are going to be not total dog shit. Uh, you got Josh Kelly if you want to jump ship to someone from the Orange team. Uh, human luggage as well as a guy that I like, but his ceiling's not, you know, crazy. If Patch was here, he would say Dylan Shield. Yeah, but there's a reason Patch isn't here. Yeah, because I murdered him, and you can rec- you can use this as evidence in court if you need to. <laughs> Is it because of Essendon? It's all connected. It's all an intricate web. Ollie Wines. Um, 537, scored a, coming off 140. A mysterious uh, yeah, right man entered the Essendon boardroom with with a very hairy man lumped over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you made me do. All right, in jumping back into the comments. You killed my boy, man says. Liam Ross has asked, thoughts of trading English out for Gorn this week? I'm... S- Supportive, so, although English plays the up first against game. no one and go on against McInerney. 
Let's just do a quick check of their historical performances against each other. My gut says wow. keep, my gut says to hold English, but I know that Max Gorn can go fucking mental in games like this. Where's that game at the Gabba? Yeah. Gorn doesn't love Brisbane as an opponent, uh, although his last three scores, 138, 157, and 46. Um, I love it when you make a statement that's followed up with contrary facts. Well, historically, he doesn't like them. He averages 90 against them across his career. But his high scores against them are very high. Uh, look, if that's the... I'm not against it. I actually think Tim English and him will score on par. I'd rather try and find better value elsewhere with that final trade. But if you look at your team and you go, no, nah, that's pretty good, then, um, yeah, Tim English got 88 last week. Hasn't been super amazing. Yeah. Not against is- it. He's just waiting for Rory Lobb. Get Max Gorn in for the last time before he gets ruined by uh, Melbourne's off-season. Yeah, fair. A couple of suggestions for players to start with next year. Ben Keyes, Jared Witts, uh, or is that someone answering a question? Not sure. Uh, I saw a, a Ben King. Is Ben King the one that's been missing? Yep. With injury this year, Ben he's, King, he's someone who, who, you who, who knows how good he is when he returns. Oscar Allen is another one to look out for as well. He's going to take over Josh Kennedy's role in the forward line at West Coast. In terms of just, if we're bringing it back to round 23, uh, if you're listening still, if you want to trade someone to someone, just do it. You don't need our advice. There's one week left. Uh, if you're in a grand final trade to either match a really good player you don't have or to bring in a really good player your opponent doesn't have or if you're not in a grand final do whatever the hell you want who cares uh cause of b has followed up with that scott lyset as a ruck option for next year potentially any thoughts on that potentially his price is still going to be relatively high i think he averaged 90 this year or thereabouts so he'll be priced he won't be as cheap as you'd like uh but certainly certainly a consideration. Uh, Azza has been messaging me. I'm ho- I wonder if it's relevant Great. to... Uh... Go check out the dub.com.au uh, as we roll into the AFLW season that's starting in less than a week? In a, in a couple weeks. Yes. No? Well, let's, yeah. let's do a couple of plugs while we're here. One is for the dub, which is Azza's AFLW website. One is AFLW Fantasy, which has opened, gentlemen, as has got some guides on picking teams and whatnot on the dub. So if you play AFLW Fantasy, as is your man for all of the stats, Marrero's Magic uh, runs that. I haven't made my team yet. Have you guys made your team yet? I've made my team. With the um, expansion teams, there is some massive value out there, Some, some rookies that have been picked up in the draft, some players that have been traded, there is some pretty good value. You can pretty much make a team using most, using mostly expansion team players, and it's uh, and I mean obviously there's the trap of getting having too many in there, but there is there is no reason that you couldn't be able to fill out a pretty decent team at least to start the year. Uh, and just on Marrera's magic, I've done um, something on the website called uh, published something on the website uh, talking with Damo where I've interviewed some highly ranked coaches and some coaches that have been highly ranked in the past that haven't had 
a a good year this this year to sort of explore why. But um, I'm actually going to rebring it to the podcast format to interview Marrera's Magic. He is currently in the top ten for Super Coach after winning AFL Fantasy two years in a row a few years ago. So I'm going to pick his brain and work out how the hell he is so good. And while we're talking about him, he's also literally, as we've been streaming, uh, announced that he's running uh, a finals footy fantasy, which is a version of a game that similar to a game we used to play called Supercoach Finals, basically ever fantasy based around the finals. So go and sign up for that because the more we push these comps, the more likely we are to see support for them across the community. So Mario's Magic doing a lot of great things for the uh, AFL fantasy community. Very smart man. Used Fleshlight Salesman is asking, will there be live footage of Lechdog's Heartbreaking on Sunday? Uh, let's just say you won't be seeing very much of me for a little while if things happen the way we think they probably will. I can only apologise for my team's contribution to that hell. I Okay, let's talk about that. Melbourne v Carlton. With 40 seconds to go, Carlton starts playing possession. I was yep. watching with a, a bunch of people who've never watched footy even before. They, were, I think they were pretty uh, <laughs> frightened by what they'd seen. A couple of them were Carlton, like casual Carlton supporters. Anyway, 40 seconds to go, we start playing possession, or maybe it was a minute to go, whenever it was, we started playing possession. I stood up. I said, we can't play possession football. We're going to lose this game. I went and stood at the back of the room, and then Cosy kicked a goal, and I went outside. I just stood outside for a while. I knew it was coming. I'm at peace with it. It hurt, but I'm at peace with it. We were never going to win that game. Is, uh, I think is that it, ball bouncing off Newman's head uh, when you went for the three-on-one contest? Or was it Newman? And went out of bounds. That was pretty much the moment for me where I was like, shit, we've got a chance. Mm. Like, Melksham... That that there was a there was a point where he, where he marked that goal to put us within a point when he mar- when he marked that ball like whatever football gods exist wanted him to have that ball maybe as maybe as makeup for being put through a Clarky. fancy dining restaurant. Clarky, let's let's not have him relive the pain. Oh. I hey, I, look, I mean I, I know you want to relive the glory, but oh. let's not make him relive the pain. Did not feel like Laurie. Okay. Um, should 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 we get our tips and captains out of the way for the round and then? Yeah, let's up? do it. Let's do let's it. do it. All right, Brisbane against Melbourne on Friday night. The loser likely misses out on the top four. Go yeah, on, sucks, for, sucks for Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, Got him. after Got what him. I saw on Friday night, Brisbane are going to have to be a whole lot better to. To, to win that game. So I think I think Melbourne win this one, win this one on Friday night. And as you said, there are no captaincy options in the first game of the round. So let's move on to game number two. I will being, Melbourne. That being said, there was also a good chance that uh, Melbourne may, as Christian Petrarca said, shit the bed. Uh, so just be careful of that with your tipping, people. Uh, I will be tipping Melbourne. All right. Early Sunday game is... The Giants against the Dockers at Manuka Oval. Um, 
I think the Dockers win this game, but they don't like round 23. Yeah, ever since you guys made that uh, that buy round exist because of your hatred for round 23. Uh, oh, no, GWS are awful. Awful. Yeah, they're pretty Fremantle. So Surely Freo win. Just to paint a picture, if the Lions lose and Fremantle win... At the, the live ladder point of the finale of that first game, Dockers will be third. They might not finish there because there's other games to come, but that's how that that's how it would look. Uh, and a game that has no bearing on how the top eight is going to pan out is North Melbourne against the Suns. The Suns win this one, right? They North Melbourne. Two teams will be playing against North Melbourne in this game. Gold Coast will be competing for a win. North Melbourne will be competing for a loss. Todd Goldson, who I don't think he's going to play, would have actually been my VC uh, tip for this game. He he generally plays pretty well against Gold Coast and likes playing up at Marvel. However, as I just said, North Melbourne do not want to win this game. Um, they weren't there. There'd been absolutely no chance that they don't get the number one pick. So I will be tipping comfortably Gold Coast. And to be fair, Took Miller, Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe, basically any of the midfielders, David Swallow from this game, I, I should be able to score pretty well against North. I'm tipping a draw. All right, Patch. Um, next game is Geelong against West Coast at GMHBA Stadium. West Coast, really right, guys? Funny. No. It would be really funny if West Coast won. Tom <laughs> Hawkins, Patrick Dangerfield, Joel Selwood. Someone's going to cook. Tom. Someone's going to score like three hundred points from kicking nineteen goals in this game. Surely yeah, they well. just give the ball to Hawkins repeatedly yeah. so he wins the Coleman. Well, he has to kick quite a few to win it, but this is the a, game to do. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, Tom Hawkins, VCC. Yep. Alrighty, uh, one of the Saturday night games, Essendon against Richmond at the MCG. Tough one, tough one, because I hate them both so much. If uh, wow. if Richmond lose, they they the lowest that that they they can finish is seventh. If Richmond yeah, win, the highest they can finish is seventh. What do you guys think? And maybe people in chat, I'm, I'm not sure if they're updating, but uh, Essendon, do they bounce back from being in the news all week and perform or do they go out for a whimper because they don't care about their coach and they're not playing for him anymore? I, I tend to think it's probably that one. Well, I think, I think they were saying that it's not, uh, it's not set in stone that Ben Rutten's coaching this weekend. So if they have a caretaker coach for the final round... Uh, Essendon could win. Just, you know, caretaker coach thing. This feels like the worst time to be an Essendon supporter since they committed actual crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Just for the record, I tipped them to be bottom four this year. So I'm tipping Richmond. I think Richmond are going to hurt them. Port Adelaide and Adelaide uh, Uh, face off. In the showdown, uh, no bearing Ooh. on the top eight. This they play at Adelaide Oval. Port Adelaide should win. 
I want Adelaide. I'm going to tip Adelaide. I'd love them to finish the season on the same amount of points as Port Adelaide because <laughs> the perception of how those two teams' seasons have gone has been very different, I would say, in the media um, when, in fact, it's pretty damn similar. So I'm tipping Adelaide out of pure spite. And because we love Baron. That's a factor. Robbie Gray's last game, though. Yeah, well, if it's tied, he'll win it after the siren and I'll spew up. But uh, no, I'm what tipping him. By the way, Jordan Dawson is once again one of my best ranked sort of uh, VCC options this week. So he's one I like in this Port Adelaide game over probably Rory Laird, which is pretty uh, pretty spicy. Very agree. Moving on to Sunday, where all the moving and shaking happens with the top oh. eight. First game of the day is Hawthorne against Western Bulldogs at Utah's Stadium. If the Western Bulldogs win, they're in the eight for now, or at that time. If Hawthorne win, Bulldogs cannot make the eight. Is there a chance that Hawthorne can even win this? There's not. Why would they right? want to? Why would they want to would be my question. Because it'd be funny. Like, surely you do it for the meme, right? I mean, I'm obviously going to tip Hawthorne. But that's purely out of just, like, hope. It's just hope. Hope that we can arse our way into a final. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Sorry, Leg. That's that's the correct tip. Um, you think Hawthorne are going to stop Jack McRae and Adam Trelaw and Tom Libertore and Marcus Bottabelli and... Actually, Play James Sicily actually, in the goddamn midfield again. What, what the? Speaking, speaking of Jack McRae, I saw something today. Jack McRae hasn't ha, ha, has averaged under 110 since round five. I believe I'll still start him next year because he'll be severely underpriced. <laughs> uh, next game is Carlton again. Oh, actually, hang on. What's your tip, Clarky? <laughs> the. I'm torn because there's Hawthorne because it'd be funny for the Western Bulldogs not to make the finals. But then there's Western Bulldogs because I also don't want to bring myself shame in my tipping comp in the last round. I think I got to tip Hawthorne because it'll be the funnier result. I want nothing but chaos. All right. I'm going to skip the next game and we'll go to the last game of the round. St. Kilda against Sydney. Sydney win this, they are top two. And St. Kilda miss out on the finals. If St. Kilda win, they can still make eighth spot. But I'm tipping Sydney because I don't think St. Kilda have a chance. Oh, God, Mm. no. St. Kilda would be stumbling into finals. (laughs) Yeah, St. Kilda are bad. All right. Lucky you have the floor. Carlton v Collingwood, 320, uh, 1, 3.20? 3.20 p.m. at the MCG on Sunday. Carlton win, they're in the finals. Carlton lose, they're relying on the Dogs and St. Kilda to also lose to make finals, and even then their percentage has to be better than the Western Bulldogs. Sam Walsh is a good captaincy option in this one. Uh, what was your other questions? <laughs> I actually have a feeling about Carlton. 
I look, I was at work today talking to some Collingwood supporters, and they all seem to be like, oh, there's no way we can win. I think they're bullshitting. I think they're bullshitting. I said this at the Melbourne game. We went and saw Melbourne Collingwood. I said, we're not beating these teams. We are not good enough to beat these teams. We weren't good enough to beat Melbourne. I'm going to put my hand up, everyone. This is going to bring shame to me as a Carlton supporter. But before the Brisbane game, I put money on Carlton at $4 odds to not make the eight. I don't want that to be the case. But at least if they miss, I'll have some money to buy the the beers I drown myself with. Uh, I'll say this. There is a statistical, unlikely, but there is a statistical opportunity where the dogs beat Hawthorne 85 to 77. Carlton uh, Pies beat Blues 86 to 80. We both finish equal eight on the exact same percentage. Carlton would go through because of the head-to-head record because they beat Bulldogs in round two. I almost want that to happen. I almost want it to come down to literally the biggest technicality in the world. So I'm tipping. No, I got to tip the Blues. I got to tip the Blues. I've got a feeling. I'm tipping, uh, the, I, I'm, I'm tipping the blues. Okay. I don't. Thanks. I don't have any feeling, but fuck Collingwood. Oh, after after that Friday night game, Clarky, I can. I don't think I can tip Collingwood ever ever again, just because of the because of the supporters that were shoveling themselves around the MCG afterwards. Just. Oh man, you know what. And this is, okay, I'll publicly say this. I know it's not all Collingwood supporters, all right? Not all men, all that. But your team has a a criminal in it and you're obnoxious when you win. So Collingwood losing is good for football. I said it. Allegedly. I actually, I actually woke up. Sorry, alleged. Alleged criminal. I actually woke up at like three in the morning after that game in my hotel room in Melbourne and I swear I could hear a crowd outside going, Collingwood. Isn't it the most hate-inspiring oh. sound on the planet? Imagine being good for five seconds and thinking that you've won the flag. And I'm not even talking about Melbourne. I genuinely think... I want Melbourne to win. I genuinely think Geelong have the strongest chance of winning the flag this year. Like, they have been playing literally the best football out of all teams. Well, this might be our last last pod beforehand, so who do we think wins the flag? Melbourne. Sydney. I think it's Geelong's time. Let Let them finally win it and put an end to this madness that is their list strategy. The thing is, as well, about Geelong is that they are one of the teams that have literally fixed the problems with their style of play this year. Yeah. Like, they, they've gotten rid of all that slow bullshit. Tyson Stangle is a jet, and I hate to say it, but like they're playing just borderline perfect football in terms of game strategy and just general... Like You have two, two people in the top four for the Coleman medal, Fuck you, Geelong. How fucking dare you? On that note, gentlemen, I think it's time to wrap up this live pod. It was bloody fantastic speaking with you. If you are a supporter of the show and you want us to keep doing more, go to Manscaped, place an order, and use code JOCK, J-O-C-K, to get 20% off at free shipping. 
plenty of content coming out on the site still this week. Plenty of content. Honestly, I tweeted today that it's the last part of the year, but that's a lie. There's going to be so much content throughout the rest of the year. Like, it's not even worth using this as a farewell show, is it, gentlemen? Because we're going to be around. We're going to be doing stuff. That's it, baby. We never, never die. Watch out for the first episode. I might rest for a couple of weeks. Watch out for the first episode of Around the Wicket with uh, me and Azza, the brand new BBL slash cricket podcast. It will be sh- super coach centric, but we will talk about other issues as well. It'll be more of a cricket podcast than a super coach podcast. And I only assume oh, I'll be, I'll be on as a regular guest as the best BBL super coach player on the website. Oh, you can invite yourself on, Lek. That's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out to everyone else. Shout out to everyone on the site. God bless you all. I love you. Shout out to everyone who's watching and listening from home. Uh, we do it all for you and our own egos. We love you, babies. Yeah. See you next week or whenever, uh, assuming Carlton don't lose, if Carlton lose. This is it. Oh, this will be it. So, Damo, Clarky, it's up to you guys to carry the flag. Okay. Well, that's, see you later. That's sad. Thanks for I'm not saying in. I'm going to die. I'm, I'm just saying now. that, that uh, like, I might be done. <laughs>